We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep Podcast, probably a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, joined as always by my genius co-host, Rohan Kadi. We've got a big project coming. We're pretty excited about Rohan's doing all the actual work. He's a genius always, but especially right now. Rohan, how's it going? Genius is a strong word. Uh, I will push back on that. But yeah, we do have something exciting uh, cooked up. So watch watch out for that. That's all I'll say for that. But I'm doing well. Uh, Bucks offseason, you know, the NBA finals are set. They, we have a little bit of ba- a break in basketball, yeah. which is, you know, it is what it is. But I think it's a perfect time to talk about the Bucks and their offseason. So last week we talked about the highs and lows of the season. That was sort of us sort of winding down saying, okay, we enjoyed the season, but now it's time to get to work. Now it's time to focus on the off season. So for today, uh, before we explain the concept, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. Check out the merch, gspnstore.com. Uh, but yeah, had to get that out of the way. Yeah, time. That's, that's called being a pro's pro. Exactly. But today we are going to be talking about what types of players do we think the Milwaukee Bucks need to add this offseason? We're not going to necessarily be talking about where they should get these players like draft versus free agency versus like age of the players. Like, Oh, do you want to back up of this position? Who's younger, whatever. No, we're not doing that. We're just talking pure Bucks needs on this roster. What types of players do they need? Does that make sense? Todd? That does make sense. I think the best way to look at this is you know, how it will color the rest of the conversations we have over the offseason, how we're going to go into the draft, free agency, etc. So, you know, it's not that this is a different conversation. I think it's a conversation that has to come first to then prioritize how we look at these other because it's going to be for once. It's been a while for this. A long offseason. We'll have plenty of time to dig into specific players, specific free agents, draft prospects, draft prospects, if I can talk. 
We're going to do that. But first, we need to figure out, you know, what do the Bucks need out of these players? Otherwise, you can't really have a smart conversation about who they should go after. Correct. And so each of us are coming in with a list of five player types, five, right? Uh, that we need, that we think the Bucks need ranked uh, in order of importance according to us. So there might be some overlap. There might not be. We were talking before we started recording. And uh, Ty, you might you have some big. T- I'm excited. You know what, Ty? What's your what's your number one thing the Bucks need this offseason? Because I'm very curious. So it's funny because they maybe have it, but I'm not sure. And it depends on a few things. But I think the Bucks' number one need is a versatile, especially defensively, forward to enable Giannis at the five. And I say maybe they have it because maybe this player is Bobby Portis. I think that's a big conversation that the Bucks are probably having that we are probably going to have right now. Um, and I think, you know, the, the playoffs this year gave us some interesting evidence to both sides, if that can or cannot be Bobby. Obviously, the one they formerly had is P.J. Tucker who is no longer a buck, and we're not going to re-litigate that again. Obviously, it has not worked out that he's no longer a buck. But I think that is the number one need. I think that is the number one need for the Bucks because they don't have a backup point guard. They've won without one before. We saw that happen. We saw them do it. We saw Chris and Drew and Giannis do just enough. I think they really struggled not having a four to enable Giannis at the five. They had to play Brooke more than Bud probably wanted to against Boston. It backfired really hard by the end of game seven. So I think that's what they need to prioritize. So number one question really going into this offseason for Milwaukee should be, can Bobby Portis do that or not? I think that's good. I think this was sort of number two on my list. It's not number one. Uh, So let's talk about it. I think Bobby Portis, in terms of the role you described, does not work. However, that doesn't mean that he can't work in a role with the Milwaukee Bucks. We've obviously seen a lot of the success that he's had uh, this season, last season with this team, especially during the playoffs. Like you mentioned, we saw both sides of that coin. We saw that Bobby Portis and Giannis Zetokupo lineups were absolutely dominant in the playoffs. Uh, If you wanted to choose the two best bigs in the playoffs for the Bucks, it was Giannis and it was Bobby Portis. Like those two fit really, really well together. The problem that comes with it, which is much less last this season compared to last season, is the defense. So in the role you described where it's a defensive-oriented power forward that's going to unlock Giannis at the five, he does not fit that criteria fully. He can unlock Giannis at the five, but it's not, not necessarily as a defensive-minded player. I think when you get into the P.J. Tucker comparison, you look at switchability. That's what you look at. And that's one of the hallmarks of a Giannis at the five lineup is you can just go switch everything uh, and just make the opposing team's life hell because you've got Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Wes Matthews, uh, Player X, and Giannis. If you have Bobby Portis in that role, you're not going to be doing that. You're not going to be switching everything. So I feel like the way you framed it and the way I'm framing it, they're two different questions. Does Bobby Portis have a role as a player who can unlock Giannis at the five lineups? Yes, absolutely he does. Does that lean into the defensive scheme that is fully optimizing Giannis at the five lineups? No. But it felt to me, and Bobby also said this and said Chris Herring doesn't know ball, which is still hilarious to me. I love Chris. Chris does know ball in my opinion, but – Bobby's problem in the last playoffs wasn't defensively. I felt like he held up well enough, but the offense wasn't there. But clearly, 
you know, he's not going to give you ever what PJ did on that end. It's not to that extent. He's kind of in between. And I guess the, the other tough question, too, is, and I know with the way assets work in the NBA and, and having some a player's early bird rights, it's not so simple as one player or another. But can you prioritize keeping Bobby if that's his position, but he doesn't enable Giannis at the five in the way that you need it enabled to win in the playoffs? That's fair. Uh, to go back to what you said about defense, I do think that's true, obviously. Like, uh, the problem with Bobby was not his defense. Uh, it was his offense. But the issue I have with that is that it's not like PJ was bringing a lot of offensively either, right? The issue is, like, the Milwaukee Bucks last season when they won the title were built not to score. <laughs> they were built to muck things up. They were built to not let the opponents score, realistically. So while the the problem was not defense for Bobby Portis, like it was his offense, like we both said, he wasn't a lockdown defender. And that's what PJ enabled the Bucks to be, is just a just a straitjacket for opponents. That's what they allowed themselves to be. So while I do agree, like defense, it's not the primary issue for Bobby Portis, it could be better. And there's ways to improve that position and ways that have that improved position to really, really unlock the full potential of this team. PJ did score more in game seven than Bobby did in his game seven. He also scored zero in two games against the Nets. It's only 11 to 10, but uh, PJ did hit three threes in Brooklyn in game seven. Um, Bobby only hit two, but it's one point. But yeah, um, so, but I, I do. I think that's their biggest need, and I mean, I see why why people would think otherwise. I don't think it's their. I think it's close. I don't think it's a blow away, but I do think that we've seen. There's been times in you know last playoffs in the regular season where the Bucks were able to comfortably switch everything with Gian, with Giannis at the five, and that can't be all they do. They need Brook or another center or whoever else. I think they need those drop looks as well. But I think there are some matchups where when they go switch everything and they're still big enough to outsize opponents, they're just so dominant. And there's just nothing you can do about them defensively. And I think they just can't do that right now. They really don't. They didn't have that mode. I mean, maybe they would have with Wes and Chris, maybe. But it's still you're still a little small, I think, especially you're too. You're, too, you're not as physical. Yeah, you're, you're just a lot smaller, even though Wes is such a good defender. Um, and then obviously you have Pat in there who you need to resign Pat for that to happen. But I do think having that mode enabled would be really helpful. So I think that's what almost needs to be prioritized. And again, it gets tricky if you do want to keep Bobby Portis. I think we all do to an extent. How many resources when you don't have that many resources can you put toward four or fives when you already have Giannis and Brooke? Like it's really, you know, do you think that you can get enough out of Bobby offensively? that you can just live with the defense not being that strong with Giannis at the five? I don't know. That's a tricky question. But I do think whether it's Bobby or someone else, I think you need a definitive answer to that position. I think you need to be more comfortable going small with Giannis next playoffs. Agreed. Completely agreed. I I do think this is a very big uh, area of need for the Bucks. I know we're not going to talk about potential free agents, but I do have one in mind, Ty. Do you know who it is? Um, You're not going to guess it. I'm just going to say it's it. not Otto Porter. No, it's not. It's Shemi Ojale. Oh, it's a joke. Okay. 
Who's your, what's your number one? Let's, let's trade off. Let's see if your number one is my number two. My number one is someone who can dribble. <laughs> uh, so my number two is a true auxiliary ball handler. So go on and explain so this you position. Just, you said it fancier than me. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand. You just gotta, you gotta one up me in your lexicon. Okay. I understand. Uh, but someone who can dribble because we saw when Chris goes down, your only two reliable ball handlers are Drew Holiday and Giannis. And are they super reliable ball handlers? One of them is. Uh, it's Giannis. Yeah. Drew Holiday has his moments. Yeah, uh, He is definitely one of the three best ball handlers on the team by far. Uh, he is the starting point guard for the Milwaukee Bucks. But when Do the Bucks really have a starting point guard with Giannis, though? Yes. Because, it, like, they? Giannis... Yeah, because yeah, like we see, this has been the transformation over the last two years. Like Giannis isn't bringing the ball up to floor, doing everything. He says a lot. He does I, a lot. I feel like but he's they not kind of transformed back when Chris went down. Well, they had to. Well, no, I know they had. To. Well, I don't know. They didn't have to. I felt like they didn't run as much. They ran it some at late in games. It didn't feel like they defaulted to a ton of Drew Giannis pick and roll. That's true because like Giannis is second in the hierarchy, then right? Once Chris goes down. Yeah, and ball handling, you mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. They might not have a starting point guard. It's, it's very weird positionally. Yes. It is the future of the NBA. Yeah. Or the present of the NBA. The present of the Bucks, at least. I mean, it's a president like Marcus Smart. Is he a primary point guard? Like, yeah. I, I think, honestly, when healthy, he probably handles the ball a little bit more than Drew does. That's fair. Sets up but for it's, the Jays he's, he's a little still, bit. He's still not like what you define as a point guard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting around the league. I'll, I'll certainly give you that. The Celtics and the Bucks do have a lot of fun parallels. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, someone who can dribble. Because, like I said, when Chris went down, that was exposed. And that's a lot of the reason why George Hill was playing a lot of minutes over Javon Carter. Even though we, we've had our debates about that. It's over, guys. It's over. <laughs> uh, there's, there's no reason to le- relitigate that. The series is over. Uh, the Bucks are wherever they are. I don't know where the Bucks are. We haven't seen a lot of social media posts. We saw Giannis getting dinner in LA saying that it's too expensive. He's, for he's him, going which... to Greece now. Is he? Yeah, he's going to Greece sense. with his brother. I think he did a sponsored post. He and his brothers are going to Greece. No free oh, ads. That's yeah. I mean, what are we going to be sponsored by? Greece? No, no, no. I think I think he did a post for somebody. Oh, yeah, okay. And it was about their travels. I don't I actually like, remember, but I think there was a brand involvement there. And I'm just not going to say. I don't remember who first, but even if I did, I would not say who. No free ads. Yeah. Sponsor us, the country of Greece, I guess. That would be pretty um, sick. That would be sick. I'd take it. Uh, but yeah, just like George Hill was playing a lot of minutes because he was the next guy up in terms of ball handling responsibilities, which is a very, very scary thought if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. So you need to have some sort of ball handling insurance there. You just need to have someone who, if he has the ball in his hands, you trust him to be able to make a good decision, make a good play and not just get his pocket picked every possession. Yeah. And I think, you know, there might be an impulse to put Javon Carter in as this potentially. I don't think so. Um, I would like to see him brought back and, and maybe we can talk more about the position that he fills that the Bucks may need later. But, you know, he played 40 minutes in the first two games against Boston and recorded one total assist. So he's just not at least the Bucks aren't going to use him as as that play initiator, everything else. He's more of 
an off-ball point guard who defends the one and spaces the floor, maybe attacks off the dribble a bit uh, as a secondary or even tertiary beyond secondary option offensively. But I don't think he's really the play-initiating point guard you're looking for here. Yeah. And again, this isn't like someone who we want to take on a massive role. It's just in terms of insurance, Yeah, realistically. Like and, uh, it's they're available to take on that role if needed. And regular season, it's probably more important, assuming there is yes. not another injury. Yes, exactly. And you can't predict these sort of things. Injuries happen. Like, yeah, clearly. You can't do anything about it. So what so, is your number two then? My number two was like essentially your number one. Yeah. I, I, I framed it as like playable, like for a uh, wing depth. Right. Realistically, because you just need like switchable forwards. I so kind of we already I, covered that. Okay, so so we agree on the top two then. Yes. So essentially, if the Bucks had kept PJ and George Hill was good slash uninjured, the roster would have been pretty damn perfect. Would have been really good. Would have uh, been really that, good. And that's the challenge for this offseason is recreating the healthy and still on the Bucks version of those two players. Yes, assuming they're one of them still on the Bucks. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess is that is it worth. Asking if George Hill could be that? He, theoretically, I want to see what he looks like when he's not injured. Because we do have to take into account that this man had like five broken things in the playoffs. That's yeah. hyperbolic. Although, But he had a neck injury. He had an abdomen injury. He had whatever it was said he had, but he didn't have a back spasms, which is actually an abdominal strain, according to the Bucks medical staff, which they corrected. Then on, yeah, I'm getting too far away. Uh, listen to last week's pod. I went on a rant again. But I want to see what George Hill looks like when he's injured because during last regular season, we saw he was pretty good. He was pretty good, Ty. Like, George Hill was still like that George Hill that we saw from the last, uh, like, two seasons ago. But he was just in a reduced role because they had Drew Holiday now. And that's kind of what we wanted. That's why we were so excited about George Hill coming back. What, is by because last he regular season? Oh, sorry, by last regular season, do you mean when he was with Philly or his last Bucks tenure? Like this past regular season. Oh, I didn't think he was very – I thought he was okay. I thought he was fine for what we needed him to be. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to not let – he didn't shoot well at all from three. He did shoot well from two. I'm trying, not let, not, trying to not let that color everything, but I mean – I, his role was diminished because Drew was there, but still, I mean, the assists and points down pretty considerably per 36 from his last Bucks season. Okay. And obviously the shooting as well, although he's not going to shoot 46% from deep every year. Yeah, that's fair. He's not going to lead the league in three-point shooting like he did that one year. What percentage, let's put it this way, just because I'm skeptical of this. What 37. That, no, 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 not that he's going to shoot. Oh. What percentage chance do you think there is that they, let's assume they bring him back and he comes into camp as the backup point guard? What percentage chance do you give it that 37 or 38 or however old now George Hill is actually the player that you would need there? 36 now. I'm going to stick with 37 so it doesn't seem like I was thinking of a different question. I'm going to say 25. That's fair. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about George. Yeah, this is what happens when guys get older. Yeah, and especially just all the in- – I, I know he should probably be healthy. Look at, what we, look at what we saw with Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, people are really ripping on Kyle Lowry, and it's like he clearly just couldn't really walk or run right. And it's like, yeah, that makes it kind of hard to play. Yeah. 
which I will say, I don't feel good about this, but this was the problem I kind of predicted with the Heat, and it absolutely happened. They're old. They're an old team. Even Jimmy, who's old. not that old, just has too many miles, and he was still excellent, but clearly was not healthy for most of that series either. No, but which is a credit to him. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he he's was, a game. He, he was spectacular. Yeah. Look, look at what happens Buck. when you don't play the Bucks. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. So my number three, I cheated a little bit. Okay. I know we're not supposed to do age or anything, but I am saying just like a backup center who could be a, a center for longer than one year. You broke the rules, Ty. I know, I did. This is exactly what I wanted to avoid. Well, I, I don't really know where else to go, honestly, in terms of third biggest need. Third biggest I mean, I also cheated, but not in the same way. Uh, how about more? Let's talk about this first. More, more surely available over the next two years, Center. We don't even have to look long term. We can ignore that aspect. We can just say one year. But, you know, obviously, Brooke is aging, and he played a lot after he came back in terms of games, not minutes. But I do think the Bucks are going to continue to be very cautious with him as the oldest member of the core. And having a young center who you trust to play, doesn't have to be young, having a center who you can trust to play, you know, sporadically, potentially a lot, is going to be important going forward, yes, but also even just next season. And we saw that because they didn't yeah. have it last season. That's fair. I do agree that is a good that is a good position of need. I had big depth uh, fifth on my list. Oh, wow. So you really stuck to it. Props to you. I bended the rules harder than you, I think. You did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, like bending, bending the rules is generous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think even if you follow the rules, I do think I'm they kidding. need a real backup They center. do. They do. Do they, though? I don't know if they do. Yeah. We, we watched Mamu play 46 minutes. That's true. I mean, they, they solved, like, they got Surge. We watched Greg Monroe and Surge at the basket. We watched Surge take every single shot away from Luca Vildoza. By the way, is Luca Vildoza the ball handler? He might be. Kind of interested to see that. Me too. I really hope if he gets released, I'm going to be really sad. I'm going to be so sad. Uh, but, uh, like, the thing is, he actually showed something compared to, like, who was that guy? Elijah Bryant? Yeah. Well, Elijah Bryant had a 16-point game, but I think Luca showed more, showed, like, showed a plus skill. For his first minutes on the court, he was like showing he's the best passer on the team. <laughs> like, Honestly, yeah, they need to let that guy play with the honest sometime. Oh my goodness. Okay, before we get too far away from that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a backup five, the way I'm thinking, like you're right, in terms of regular season depth, that would be a good thing, assuming Serge isn't coming back. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Serge. Have fun in retirement? YouTube studio, wherever it is. Uh, Bring us on How Hungry Are You? Yeah. Do that. That'd be awesome, Serge. Let's do a collab with Serge. That'd be so much fun. If he calls, I'm, I'm answering. Yeah. Hopefully he answers our calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that'll probably be the way it goes. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like at the playoffs, when the games matter, they don't need a backup. Which well, is why this is it's very low priority for me. I think they need insurance. That's true. That's more true. than anything. I mean, what if if Brooke doesn't come back? They're totally cooked in the playoffs. Yes. Like I, I think. Then you're starting Bobby at the five. Yeah, which is just, and then and then behind that, there's really nothing if you don't pick Surge, which 
We saw and Mamu. those minutes one. No, Mamu, Mamu was two way. Yeah, out. Mamu couldn't play. So literally, it was just Surge. Um, you know, so Anasis? Maybe. Point center? I, I just think, uh, you know, is Brooke better than Chris? No. Is what Brooke provides more unique? Potentially? Relative to the roster. Relative to the, exactly. So, you know, if, if Chris goes down, you're going to have more wings. You need wings. And I think 3 and D wing is up next on my list after this. Just you always need more. Even assuming you keep Pat. If, if you don't keep Pat, it's probably number one. If you, if you do keep Pat, you still need more. You just always need more 3 and D wings. But you're just going to have more. The way the Bucks have been building their roster, it's like a couple of guards, a ton of wing players that have interesting fits around Giannis, and then Brooke. And it's like, okay, that's good. Brooke has been very dependable, but we saw how we saw how non-comfortable they are having to not play drop. And it's just not good for the way they play. And maybe they eventually transition away from that reliance. But I just think the Bucks like to be able to drop, and they just really couldn't effectively without a true center who could do it. So I think that's why I put it there, just because – they just have so little options there on the roster. I think they need the forward and a guard more, a lead ball handler more. But I do think then I look at it and it's like, okay, there's really just nothing here to drop, and I'd like an option at least. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, yeah, you might be convincing me a little bit. I'm going to stick with what I have, obviously. But it's uh, fair. Yeah. Just, just the way that like the Bucks roster is built, and we'll see what they do this summer. Yeah. Uh, just insurance. Insurance is big, especially with an older guy like Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Especially with a like what their situation is behind that with Bobby Portis and the way he fits. Uh yeah, it's important. It's important. Uh so you said uh that was your number three, right? Correct. So what's your okay. number three? It might be my number four. Uh my number it's not. Because I already know what yours is because you said it already. Yeah, I did. Well, I, I <laughs> ran out of position, so I'm interested to hear what your number three is. So my number three is a backup point guard. And I want to say oh. that this is not this is not my number one because my number one was someone who can dribble, which is not necessarily a point guard. Oh, interesting. So I looked at these as mostly the same. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, I think they're different because like, Grayson Allen is someone who the ball, but he's not a point guard. Was he someone that could dribble? Theoretically. He was not what I would be looking for with my number two. Okay, number Chris one. Middleton is someone who can dribble, because, which is not a I point mean, people guard. People would even debate if Chris can dribble, but I, I see what you're Chris saying. Can ab- Chris is a top two ball handler. Chris might be the best ball handler aside from Luka on the team. No, I think he's one of the best play initiators. I don't think he's one of the best ball handlers. Who's he, the best ball handler? Maybe Giannis. Yeah, it's, it's Giannis and Chris, right? I think Drew's I've a seen, better... I've seen Drew's pocket pick it too many times. I, I've seen Chris dribble off his foot too many times. And I think I've that's, seen the same thing from Drew. Yeah, I don't know. He's top three at least. Oh, yeah. He's top, again, depending on Luke. I mean, I, so Grayson can handle the ball. He just doesn't do anything good with it, which is the issue in trying to figure out. Like, that's why it's it's a little hard to drill, drill into these archetypes because it's like, yeah, I think Grayson, Javon can get all over the floor, but he's not like setting you up like CP3. That's why I'm saying number three is a backup point guard, a point guard. So could Someone this be who, Javon Carter? Or do you want I more creation out of this player? More creation. Okay. I want an actual like point guard on this okay. team because we talked about up front about how the Bucks don't really have a starting point guard. Yeah, I want someone who can take control of a bench offense. So is this more George Hill than your number one? Yes. Who create who shoots more? Your number one or your number three need? I'm trying to figure out number where, one. Where, the, where the number distinction one. is. Okay. Number so one. number one is like if we actually – if Grayson didn't sell us a false bill of goods, it would kind of be Grayson is what I'm getting. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Understood. And number three is an actual guy who can set up an offense. Like George Hill. Like very much like, yeah, I'll get you through your sets. And no you can see the thing is like George Hill – isn't doing that as much anymore. <laughs> no, I know. The, the, again, it's it, but with like, like what's a what's a player Grayson and actual Hill? I think are the players that you're looking for. Yeah, campaign. Ah, uh, kind of not fall apart cam- too. Not campaign exactly, but that role of being a backup yeah. point guard who can set up an last offense. year campaign. Two years yes. ago, George Hill. Yeah. Yes, that type of player. Tyus Jones, that guy. Yes, exactly. Tyus Jones is like the elite backup point guard right now. Yes, that type of player. Okay. They just yeah. they don't have a ton of players on the roster who you can just say, hey, go set something up. So I, I have I, I kind of have this later, but I guess I kind of included it as the same as my number two, but I think it's fair to break it apart. That's fair. So I'm gonna change I'm just going through my whole my number five was like three and D guard. So I put maybe yeah. Javon as this. I'm just gonna change it to backup point guard. It still might be Javon for me, though. Still might be Javon. We, we don't know. He didn't get a chance to really uh, yeah. really showcase his skills. His offense is underrated, as he said on this podcast. 
Uh, I think he was right. I would like to see him have more of a chance, but we'll see how we'll, we'll see if Luca Vildosa gets more of a chance and how that goes. We'll I see like if bring, either of them are on the team. Yeah, fair. One a free bring agent, back both of them. Guaranteed. I think they should. Same. Yeah, I suppose it's it's going to be interesting to approach this offseason because, like, they have the draft pick, they have a, a mid level exception, a taxpayer mid level, and then it's like. You know, you're really talking about we're kind of at, we're, we're it's a funny spot right now because we're assuming some guys come back who are free agents and we're assuming some guys may be gone that are guaranteed money next year or at least potentially are gone in Grayson. I really it's going to be fascinating to see how this roster unfolds. It really will be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun offseason. Stay tuned. everyone. Hopefully uh, <laughs> it could yeah. be really depressing, too. No, I was going to say stay, stay tuned for the thing we teased at top. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's related to this for sure. Yeah. Uh, so your number five was backup point guard. I said I already said what my number five is, and that's big depth. Okay, yeah. So what's your number four? My number four is a bench score. Okay. So, so now we're, like, every need on the roster is would be someone if they had if they had played up to their potential. So do you want Jordan Wara? Jordan Wara was yes. what we thought. <laughs> you wanted our expectation of 21-22 Jordan Wara is your number four yes. need. Exactly yeah. what I wanted. Uh, doesn't have to play that position. Could be a guy like Lou Will, someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Just anyone who can come off the bench and just give you some points in an instant, like a microwave square. Please. Yeah. Reliably. I'm begging you. So, because this is someone who could be inserted into a good lineup if the time came and the need came. Like the Bucks were just absolutely screaming out for help for someone who could provide some offense yeah. uh, during that Celtics series. Like I was debating, like, should Jordan Wara be playing this? Yeah, this is kind of the role we kind of thought Bobby Portis would play too with Brooke Healthy. Yeah, to a certain extent, because we're saying he's probably so not even not even Bobby Portis. I like I want someone who can go create his own shot. Yeah, fair. So literally Jordan Moore. <laughs> yeah, pretty much that. That's the one because Grayson and Bobby both work more off of other players. Exactly. Yeah, like someone who you can put the ball in his hand, and say, "Hey, go get some points. We need it." <laughs> um, bees. Yes. The Bucks have not had many guys like this. OJ Mayo. Yeah, Juice is a good one. Jared Bayless. Sort of. More, no, of, a, more just, of a combo guard. Yeah. Bees. Shabazz Muhammad. Okay, now we're now I don't want Shabazz. <laughs> any any Shabazz. So my four was just three and D wings. I just think you can't have enough of them. So I think I like your I like the bottom of your list better. I think your archetypes are better than mine. That's fair. I mean I'll say I like my list too. I figured you would. So to recap, so I'll do my one through five, and then you can do yours. So I said number one is the the versatile four slash five to enable Giannis at the five. Number two is the auxiliary ball handler. So for me, this does not have to be a backup point guard. That's what I envision it most likely being. But like again, like if Grayson was if Grayson brought what he brought in that first like month of the season when Chris was out. If that kind of player, even in that ballpark, was in the playoffs, it would pretty much be that. Unfortunately, that that player was not there. Number three, uh, a backup center, a reliable, a good backup center, not just like, you know, hey, we found Greg Monroe, as cool as it was to have him back on the team. Like someone you're like, yeah, I don't mind if that player has to start for a couple games. 
Number four, a three and D wing. Not necessarily a scorer. Honestly, this is where I diverge a little bit. Like a dependable playoff shooter who could survive on defense. Giannis was still creating good shots for guys like throughout the whole Boston series. Like if guys hit shots, that's an entirely different series. So I would rather have another almost like another Pat, like another KCP type player. That is what I would want there just because I think Giannis will just figure enough out, even if there's injuries to other guys. And then lastly, three and D slash just point guard. Like, again, just like a guard you trust to hit shots, which maybe Javon was that Uh, we didn't unfortunately get to find out. George Hill was not, Grayson Allen was not, etc. So I just want more guys who I trust to not blow it around Giannis, essentially. That's always a good call. It's always a good call. Um, my list started with someone who can dribble, does not necessarily need to be a guard for just yep. anyone who can like reliably handle the ball. Then I had playable wing depth, so that sort of combines like the forward, switchable forward, plus like three and D wing. Uh, just either of those would be fantastic. I'll... Obviously, any team would love that. Yeah. Uh, number three, backup point guard differentiates from my uh, someone who can dribble, someone who can actually set up an offense. Though, I guess they should be required to dribble. I you would think so. You Usually, think. unless they're just like, it's like one of those drills where they always just take a step and then pass. <laughs> if they can effectively do that, then fine. But I assume they dribble. Yeah, we'll say that. Uh, number four was a microwave scorer. Just someone who can come in and say, hey, get us some, get us some buckets. A true, a true hooper, not a basketball a hooper, player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and number five was big depth because at the end of the day, like it's obviously important. Yeah. Uh, but can they survive without it potentially? So let's put players to all of these if we haven't already. To, I think to make it clear for people listening to make sure they know what we're talking about. So my number one, let's just use PJ Tucker. I know it's a sore spot for people that we've seen that work. That is the player. Um, Maybe even someone like a Jay Crowder, uh, maybe. I'd say so. Not as much of a five, but probably big enough and switchable enough. Someone like that. So you're number one. Who do you want to name as as the icon for your someone who can dribble? Grayson Allen. But like regular season. Actualized yeah, Grayson yeah, yeah. Allen. Okay, so my number two is the same. So I'll just say that as well. Okay. Grayson and my Allen. number two was the PJ Tucker type. Okay. So we got Grayson and PJ as our two needs, Sag. Um, then number three, so a dep- a reliable backup center um, or just like a reliable center option. So uh, about Nerland's Noel. I don't hate it. Yeah. I think Nerland's as a realistic guy who's not a starter, but you're like, oh, I don't mind if Nerland's Noel has to play 25 minutes tonight. I would hate if he had to play 25 minutes. As an emergency option. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's like, oh, we need a guy. Oh, we have it's it's that or it's, you know, surge. I'd I'd, I'd, I'd honestly I'd I don't know. Really? I might I might take surge provides a little more spacing. I think we watched a different surge. I mean like What did Surge shoot did? this season? Not great. Let me see the <laughs> spacing that you're talking about. Well, I mean, it's, he, it's, got, he got dusted every time he tried to contest a shot. 35% with the Bucks actually is not bad. I mean, literally anything, anything above 0% is better than Nerlens Noel. Yeah, I just don't know if I care about that skill set as much as I used to. That's fair. So, yeah, maybe let's say Nerlens Noel, like a quality backup center. Nerlens scored uh, three points per game this year. People are going to fillet me for that take. Nerlens is good. I don't care what people say. You can stand on that hill, Ty. I will. Um, go for it. Is this uh, – how about this? DeMarcus Cousins. 
Sort of, yeah. I would prefer a more defensive-oriented player, but I would have been happier with Boogie than Serge, someone say, for sure. Someone say Greg Monroe? I hope Greg's not listening. Love you, Greg. A little bit better than Greg, please. Okay. Sorry if you're listening, Greg. Yeah, sorry, uh, Greg. Apologies. Come on the pod. Yeah, come on the pod and yell at me. That's fine. <laughs> um, and then, so that was your number three. Yeah. My number three was a backup point guard like two years ago, George Hill. Yep. Or like uh, now, like Tyus Jones or someone yes. just like dependable. Yeah. Your number four was three and D wing. So like, said, like who? So like another. This is also I assumed for this KCP. exercise. Yeah, yeah. So I assume they're keeping Pat. Yeah. Otherwise, fair. replacing Pat is probably like number one or two for me. It's way up there. Um, but if you keep Pat, then yeah, adding someone like another Pat or a KCP. I just think you can't have enough of those players. I agree. Absolutely cannot have enough of those players. And uh, mine was a, a bench scorer, so like a Lou Williams, yeah. uh, Olympic Jordan Warren. Prime Bs. Mello? Yeah. I don't I don't know if he's that anymore. He'll he'll hit some he'll hit some shots for you. I, I think he's But he's not gonna he's not gonna get to he needs someone to help him get to his spot. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I will say Mello was Mello was good for his role this season with the Lakers. It went under the radar because the Lakers were a tire fire. Yeah. But uh, like he also slowed down, but he started amazing. He was good they expected from him. I think for if you're just looking for someone see the create your own shot thing, I think disqualifies him. Yeah, I think I, so too. I thought about putting in as like my number five of just like Someone who is like just a pure like you can trust to hit shots even if they're not good defensively. Mello, Mello's Bobby Portis. I think he's kind of Forbes, but better. Ah, uh, see, I think Forbes you could do more off of in terms of like getting actions. For oh threes. yeah, you're not running Mello off ten screens. He'd collapse yeah, on like the court. He, yeah, the poor guy's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's kind of Portis, but he's not giving you the rebounding. But yeah, no. I mean, he'll say, F out of here, I got this. Melo would be kind rebound. of a fun buck. I don't think he fits any of our top needs, but he'd be fun. I was thinking about this. He might be kind of fun, you know. He'd be fun. We're gonna, I'm going I'm to get filleted for this. <laughs> no, I can't, I'm, you can fillet me too. I think Melo would be a fun buck as well. Um, but yeah, so that was my number four. Uh, and your number five was what? A 3 and D guard or just like a dependable. So basically Javon Carter. Okay. And mine was big depth, so... Nerlens. You can pick a different guy if you will. If you're not, if you're not on Team Nerlens, you can go boogie. <laughs> okay, we, we you are you are creating this own hill for yourself. Here. I, I am. Uh, I'm Max. I'll be Team Boogie on the show now. One possession. Give me anyone in the league. I want Nerlens. <laughs> I want Iguodala. <laughs> I want Nerlens Noel. <laughs> I love that clip so it's much. So good, dude. It's so good. Uh, shout out to Max Kellerman, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll be Team Boogie. How about that? So okay. those are those are our lists. You know, I just thought of our next podcast. What is it? Uh, we we can't do it now. But who should the Bucks' fifth starter be next season? Ooh. Yeah, this is a recurring pod for us. Yeah, well, it really is. Well, because I kind of, I kind of drew out like a faux depth chart with my needs in. It doesn't really, it's not worth, it's not really podcast material. It's kind of stupid, but I, you know, I kind of penciled in Pat for now. But I was like, I don't know if that. I mean, first off, again, still unsigned. We expect him to sign. It sounds like he will with the Bucks. We'll see, but might not. You know, could could hit free agency and go elsewhere. 
So we have to figure out who will the Bucks' fifth starter be. Um, I guess Grayson's kind of obvious because he's on the roster, but I think that's I think that could merit its own combo. Maybe later in the offseason. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see once the dust settles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are our lists. If you guys have other other ideas, make sure to let us know. Tweet us. Yeah. Uh, send an email, eurostepod at gmail.com. Could do that. Tweet us, yeah, at Ty Windish at Arcadi Jr. on the screen on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe if you haven't oh, yeah, already. Of course. Come on. And like, you this is my also, second time telling you. Yeah, and you can also tweet at Eurostep Podcast if you'd like. Exactly. We just hit a thousand followers, so thanks to everyone who followed us just like a month ago, but maybe a couple weeks. It was recently. Recently. Yeah. yeah. It Thank feels you. like it feels like the Buck season has been over for like a year and it's been like two, two weeks. three weeks, yeah. I think it's been two weeks. Well, yeah, because the conference finals just ended. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's crazy. It's only been two weeks. This is going to be a long off season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have if you have content ideas, just let us know. <laughs> if you want to, yeah, please. <laughs> if you want to give us free ideas, we'll take them. We will definitely take ideas. Uh, we are not done with this podcast though, Ty. Oh no. The we most have, important we, segment. We do have a segment. Uh, it is a very good segment. Currently sponsored by no one. Yep. Uh, if you want to sponsor this segment, hit us up. Yeah. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, yeah, hit us up. Pay us to do this. Yeah. Sponsor, choose your fighter. Yep. So this is a segment, if you're unfamiliar, where each of us alternating weeks, alternating podcasts, just bring like just a random question. It doesn't have to do anything with basketball. Uh, just like, uh, would you rather with multiple options? Sort three, of three options. Three options. Have we decided on three? I feel like we've done more than three before. Maybe. Whatever. That's not the point. Yeah, I, uh, I have to stop talking because I know you're going to settle into an essay to set up your question. As oh, you my do. God. I forgot about this. So imagine so, it's the so, summer of 16. The sun is shining. Honestly, yeah. Okay. Imagine it's yesterday. If you're in the general Midwest area, I do not know what the weather was like at other places. If uh, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. <laughs> but it was a beautiful, beautiful day. The sun was shining. It was so nice. It was so warm. And what do you do on a go-to summer, like on a summer day? You get your go-to summer drink. So I'm going to give you three options here, Ty, and you can't cheat. So I'm going to give you three options of drinks for you to choose on a go-to summer evening. Summer evening. Like you're just sitting outside. Sun's starting to shit. Sun's starting to set. What's the sun starting to do? <laughs> it's, it's, almost, it's basically golden hour. Okay. Uh, I know you're a big golden hour guy. I mean, I'm brown. It, it works perfectly with my skin. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm always going to embrace golden hour. Uh, so what's your go-to drink? You're going for an iced tea. You're going for like a lemonade drink. No cheating and choosing an Arnold Palmer, by the way. Uh, I thought of this. Or are you just grabbing a beer? Uh, for me, out of those, it's definitely a beer. I'm not a big lemonade guy. It's a little too sugary. And I don't like I like hot tea. I don't like iced tea. Really? I'm the yeah. opposite. I yeah. hate hot tea. You like iced tea? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sweeter usually. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I guess I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into sweets that much, especially beverages. That's fair. So yeah, I, I no no free ads, but yeah, there were a lot of beers uncorked over the last over this weekend because it is it's nice. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Uh, we're not going to name specific brands yet. Uh, not until they send the bag. Exactly. I, mean, I might up. name craft breweries. I, that, I had a lakefront that was really good. Oh, okay. I, I feel like locals. That. I'll name a local here and there. Yeah, yeah locals are good. Yeah. Um, I might, I might lean iced tea here. You know, 
Yeah. See, I, I would have really – Arnold Palmer's are crazy. I also feel like it's a low usage drink for me. That's fair. It is really good though. It's have you ever really had the spiked good. Arnold Palmer? No. Are you talking pre-made or like made and then spiked? Because I feel like I usually don't like the pre-made drinks. But I think I've had could, both. I think you could make a really fire one homemade though. Yeah. What would you add to it? Well, vodka, lemonade, and iced tea. Yeah, there you go. And vodka lemonade is heat, so I imagine vodka Arnold Palmer would be like just dangerous. It is heat. It is heat. It I'm is going. I'm going golfing with Numak this weekend. We might need Ooh. to try this out. Okay, I I would just uh, also bring some coconut water with that vodka for Numak. Yeah, he loves that. He loves <laughs> that. I've been told. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm going to say this. That's a good drink. It's a good drink. Coconut water and vodka. It's all right. It's good. I don't know why I get hate for it, but it's good. <laughs> Have you gotten hate from anyone besides Numak? Hate? I mean, no. But also, <laughs> like, that's enough. That's enough. Oh, uh, he's going to love that. He's going to love that his take has you fired up alone. It does. <laughs> I know. But uh, how, I think, how, I think how lemonade. How many bars have you ordered that at? Zero. Oh. Are, are, you, are you worried that there's going to be more Numaks out there? Yes. Now I'm no. never going to. Trust me, they broke the mold. There's only one. As long as he himself is not your bartender, you're good. <laughs> okay, good to know. Uh, but those will be served at the uh, GSPN Live pod. There that. we go. There Purely we go. out of spite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the only option. Then in sport wine, Andrew. Andrew it's sport wine, sport Andrew wine. sport wine. If yeah. you're unfamiliar with sport wine, make sure you check out uh, Cruising for Bruising and their playbacks. You have to get yeah. into our Discord to be able to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you uh, there's a form it, which is in the link tree which is in mine Twitter bio ties Twitter bio Eurostep podcast network or no just Eurostep podcast Twitter bio there's a form in there to get into our discord it's such a fun time this is where we get stuff like me and Numak beefing uh, but yeah I think to to get the answer I think yours yours was beer iced tea lemonade no beer lemonade no, beer iced lemonade tea. iced tea yeah it's mine's gonna ranking. be mine's gonna be lemonade beer no iced tea beer lemonade Oh, so you're not a big lemonade guy? I mean, it's good, but I'd rather, like, have something else. I think there's also, it's probably the widest range drink because it's so easy to make, but it's really easy to mess up. Bad lemonade sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Pink lemonade is elite. Pink lemonade's heat. I might go get one right after this, dude. I have not had a pink lemonade probably in 10 years. Same. I'm about to go run to uh, the Meyer in Oak Creek and grab myself a pink <laughs> lemonade. I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to that Meyer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no free ads except for Lakefront Brewery and the Oak Creek Meyer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think beer beer is uh, beer is high. Iced tea is just so good. Plus, yeah. like, the, the vibes of iced tea – like just in a glass combined with like a sunset, he's elite. That does. It sounds nice, even though I don't like iced tea. But I, yeah, for I'm gonna me, send it's you a like picture. a cold craft, especially if it's a craft beer at the end of a summer day, really does. It's just like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, I agree. Or even if it's, you know, one of the mainstream, you know, worldwide beer brands, even that. It's just like, I don't know. It's like, oh, I'm just going to relax a little bit. Just take in this evening. Put off the Sunday scaries one can at a time. Agreed. I, I guess it was the Monday scaries this week, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's Choose Your Fighter for this Let, week. Let's see who wins because I'm, I'm up. 
I think I, you I, I said always sunny. You said you said parts. Nine nine. Oh, you no, said I said nine nine. nine. And and always sunny one. So we'll do another poll. I, I'm worried. This I might just run away with this one because I feel like our followers are going to see beer and just click. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, not everyone drinks. You know. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, so you know, gotta gotta be inclusive. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, but with that, that is the end of this episode. Uh, make sure you are subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform of choice. YouTube. Make sure you leave a five star rating on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, we will read it. Like Ty's about to read this review. Oh, well, well, I'm just about to. So, okay, seconds. Ty. We're so seconds. ready for Ty to read this review. I wasn't review. ready. I was not we're ready. We're so ready. No, Ty, you were ready. We're just we're just building the momentum for this review. That's true. Here we go. A new review from six days ago. From Crazy Ferguson on Apple Podcasts. Drop the five stars, of course. Otherwise, it would not be read. Shout out to you, Crazy. Adjective Bucks Podcast is the headline of the review, which is great. Um, here is the review. Quote, Ty and Rohan are great hosts who make funnies that make me laugh out loud at work. I wish Rohan and I could be best friends in the whole wide world, and I wish Ty was a guy I saw sometimes at the meat market. If Rohan was my best friend, we would go on picnics and eat sag. What is sag? It's a Indian food. What kind, of, like, what kind of food is it? It's like sort of, uh, it depends on what region you're from. Okay. But like, it's sometimes like a side dish for like naan and stuff. Is it like, like a, is it like a dip bowl? Yeah, sort of. Is it like, so it's like a, is it curry-esque? Yeah. Okay. Can say that. Sog, naan bread, eggplant curry, and goat meat that we bought from Thai. You would have you would have a separate portion without the goat meat, of course. I Correct. included that. Um, Ty would save the best goat meat cuts for us because we would be the highlight of his life. That reminds me of a joke I made up. What does Giannis Netacumpo order when he goes to a Greek restaurant? Answer, goat. You guys can borrow my joke for the podcast. Please tell it to Giannis and tell him it came from Andy Man. Also, that Adam McGee bloke is a real adjective. Thanks for the great content, fellas. Let's get together for a group hug someday. Fantastic. That That's incredible. was a journey. It's also incredible because he just wants you to be some guy to meet Mark. Yeah, he wants you guys to be best <laughs> friends. He wants me to be the goat meat plug, which, I mean, I'd love to be the plug for someone when I can, but uh, it's like, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. That's, that's fire. That is a fr- fire review. I will say I don't really like eggplants that much. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, yeah, I think he might have ruined his chance to be your best bud because like half of this menu is just off. It's not going for you. Nah, it's okay. Maybe they didn't know. They, well, how course, is anyone, yeah. how no, is anyone no. supposed to know I don't like eggplant? Yeah. It's the first time I'm saying it on air, I think. I don't know. I've said a lot of stuff over the years. Yeah, I don't recall <laughs> this one, but. Uh, but no, that is a fantastic review. Thank you very much. Andy Man, Chris Ferguson. Man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad we I'm glad we make you laugh. That is a great that is one of the best compliments, honestly, that we can make someone laugh. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, it's a, almost as good as saying I that guy seems like he'd sell me goat. That's incredible. Good goat. That made me laugh. I will say though, it's just like this is kind of deep. One of my goals in life every day is to make someone smile. So if I can make someone smile and laugh, that is a job well done for me. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. And that is a good way to end this pod. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe uh, to everything. Check out the Substack. Check out Cruising for a Bruising. Uh, great Brewers content as they continue to just keep winning. Brewers yeah. keep winning. I was on the last episode. 
I made my cruising for a bruising debut. Talked about the Cardinal series, uh, which they split two two. Uh, Ethan Small was on the mound. It didn't go as planned, but they still won the game. My prediction of a no hitter was wrong, uh, but uh, a little bit. I was pretty excited too. But yeah, uh, make sure you check that out. Check out uh, everything that we do. GSPN, GSPN to the moon. Uh, tell your family and friends about the show. Uh, Pod random. And we'll talk to you next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.